Hello and welcome to From Fear to Fire, Secrets to Overcome Fear, Embrace Your Gifts, and Achieve Success. This is the place where real people share real challenges, where you can find a common bond and uncommon wisdom through their journeys to help you move from fear to fire. I am Heather Hansen O'Neill. I am your host. And as usual, I have a quote of the day. Today's quote, I could not find out who said it, so we're going to keep it as anonymous, but I loved it, so I'm giving it to you anyway. The difference between who you are and who you want to be is what you do. And you know I'm an action-oriented person, so I love that one. We have a fantastic guest for you today. I'm really excited to introduce you to Kevin Wood. Kevin has always had a passion for pushing his limits and finding out just what is possible in all seven core disciplines in life, emotional, spiritual, financial, physical, relational, intellectual, and industrial. Helping others discover themselves through these disciplines is his mission. Kevin has been an entrepreneur from a very early age. He ran his first business, a paper route, at just eight years old. He had a 20-person, seven-figure painting business and then branched into the financial markets and stock success. Kevin designed and developed his own proprietary trading software that he uses still today. And this got his entrepreneurial mind grinding away again. And in 2016, Kevin launched Action FX, where aspiring traders can get the information, tools, and community needed to become a consistently successful trader. In a collaboration with Ben Gothard from the Project Egg podcast, Life Mastery Foundation was founded and Kevin became the CEO and Life Mastery Foundation is how I came to know Kevin. Uh, Life Mastery Foundation aims to progress the human race through leading edge speakers, providing cutting edge, actionable information to the right people at the right time. We'll be giving you some more information on that with a link on the show notes, but let's bring Kevin on so we can learn a little bit more about him and his journey. Welcome, Kevin. Well, hey, Heather, thank you so much for the uh, powerful intro there. I feel like a rock star. (laughs) You are a rock star. Come on. (laughs) I'm very happy to be here, and I loved your quote. That was really cool. Thank you. I, you know, I'm all about the action, and I can tell I shortened your bio intro here, so I know (laughs) that you are definitely an action-oriented person as well. And you know what I... I got from it is that I really get a sense now correct me if I'm wrong that you you know your your purpose and your passion and I I think that a lot of people that I speak to still struggle with that so I guess the first question is am I am I on the right track here do you and if so how did you find it yeah absolutely so yeah, it, it is a common theme, actually. People have a difficult time finding their passion. And I was really fortunate, you know, that, like you, you mentioned my first uh, air quotes business was my paper route at eight years old. And uh, that was my intro into, you know, earning my own money. Well, I also really like riding bikes. Mm-hmm. So I would ride my bike on my paper route. And then right towards the end of the, the route, there was a bike shop. So I'd go into the bike shop every day and talk to them and look at all the bikes that I was saving up to purchase. And it was, you know, really fun and whatever. You kind of 
become part of their community. One day, the owner of the shop says to me, hey, Kev, you really like bikes. You obviously know a lot about them. You're in here every day. Uh, have you applied for a job here? And I said, no, I have not. And he said, why? And I did not have a good answer for that. <laughs> so, <laughs> he says, so why don't you go away and come back with a resume and apply? And I said, I don't know. And he kept saying why. He kept asking me why over and over. So next day I was there and applied. They gave me a job. Now, this was not a typical bike shop. And the reason I say that is because these guys were just absolutely fantastic at creating a community within their business. They'd have uh, meetings with the staff super, super regularly and really put in a lot of effort to train everybody. And just a, a side note here, they actually have, like today is 30 years after I started there, and they 90% of the people who worked at that company now own their own businesses, which is kind of rare. But oh, that's awesome. Yeah, they, they, you know, I watched my parents, you know, do their jobs and they're working every day. And, you know, they weren't really excited about going to work and doing the, 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 the daily grind. They'd come home and lament about their day. And I watched this and I thought, man, that's not for me. But these guys at the bike shop, they sort of empowered us through education to really learn what we're capable of. I remember a few uh, of the particular meetings they, they hosted. One was this guy at a young age made a list of, I can't remember, it was either 250 or 500 goals that he wanted to achieve in his life. And then that was his life mission to achieve these goals. And they were things as wild as teach, uh, um, be a professor at a university, fly an airplane, on and on and on. And they, they basically empowered us to say, you can do anything you put your mind to. So one day they came to me and said, you love riding. Why haven't you registered for this mountain bike race yet? And I said, I don't know. And they kept saying, well, why? Why don't you know? Why haven't you done this? And they kind of encouraged me slash pushed me to do this. And prior to all this stuff, like, you know, it sounds like, okay, I had everything together, but that's definitely was not the case. I had very low confidence as a young kid. Um, you know, in team sports, I was not necessarily a bad athlete, but when it came time to actually compete, I would always step out of the way and let my teammates take the, take the ball in soccer or take the puck in hockey. And I just didn't have the confidence to actually follow through with what I actually was good at. And then through mountain bike racing that these guys encouraged me to do, I actually started building up my confidence through an individual sport. And that honestly changed my life. Uh, it built the confidence. I actually put in the hard work and then I started getting the reward. And I started to realize that that passion and excitement I had for riding my bike and working hard to get the results and put in the training behind the scenes started to carry over into the rest of my life. And it really lit a fire inside of me. And once you start feeling that fire, once I started feeling that fire, you can put it into other things in your life. And it's, it's the way I kind of look at passion is passion is a thing unto itself. And you can direct that passion towards things that you're interested in. So typically people seem to find their passion through an experience or through, uh, um, like a, for me, it was a sport. But once I found how to identify that passion and light that passion inside of me, I could then take it and direct it to all aspects of my life and uh, 
inadvertently I was working on the core seven disciplines that you mentioned in my intro there, it, you know, just through working really hard at a particular focus. So long, oh long, long answer, but. <laughs> no, I absolutely love it, Kevin. Um, and not just because you used fire words, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <But> <laughs> that was fantastic, but that's not why I love it. I love the way that you are speaking about passion as being able to find it in one thing and direct it toward other things. I don't think enough people speak of it that way. And then people feel as if they have to keep, you know, reigniting new passions when they shift focus, right? But you you have it inside of you at any time once you find it, and you can then direct it. And I love the way that you explain that so perfectly. Thank you. Now, I'm wondering if I can just delve into a little bit... Um, a little bit darker here. So I can't not speak about the fact that we're currently experiencing some drastic changes and mm -hmm. some very big issues right now. So how are you handling these? And do you have any suggestions for people that are struggling right now? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it is a tough time. People are not, you know, I hear quite regularly, you see people saying, oh, I'm so bored, I'm so bored, I'm staring at the walls. And I think Netflix has probably had to up their servers tremendously <laughs> just to yeah. handle the bandwidth and whatnot. But I think, you know, now is a good time to sort of focus inwards a little bit and, and focus on yourself and your, you know, what your passion is and, and how you can sort of ignite that inside yourself. Um, we try to do that with Life Master Foundation through, you know, providing free education to people. Uh, we want to provide education on any topic that you could possibly imagine. Basically, our goal is, like I said, to, to progress the human race through virtual education. And, you know, we were chuckling about this before, <laughs> chat, before when we were chatting. It sort of sounds a little bit, uh, a little bit goofy, but it, it's very heartfelt and really important to me. To, to be able to do this and to provide the education for free. And that alone has, like, we, we thought, okay, we're going to be able to affect people's lives. This is great. We can, you know, generate some some revenue through, through uh, other channels in our business, but we want to be able to give our summits away for free. And we're going to have a lot of impact. And I was actually speaking a couple months ago with a, with a potential speaker for one of our summits and on sleep apnea. Now this this guy was, you know, interested in talking on, on one of our summits and presenting his story, and he, he was telling me about his story. He's, you know, he suffered from sleep apnea for years, and it nearly ended his life. Mm -hmm. And I was just taken aback. I was like, "Holy cow! This is this is heavy stuff." He lost his job um, because he was falling asleep at work. He was so tired and lethargic. He had a massive car accident because he fell asleep while driving, and he started to get heart conditions and like. It was unbelievable. His life was going down really, really dramatically. He finally got the help he needed uh, with uh, the machines that's called the CPAP machine for uh, to, to help uh, help with sleep apnea. But then, what happened? You know, his uh, insurance provider stopped paying for this. Oh and dear. Then all yeah, and, and then all of a sudden he was back to square one. And I, I we, we were discussing this after I I said to him like. There's some strange statistics here. You know, apparently 12% of North Americans have sleep apnea. 
and which I was surprised. That's a high number. That's that, high. Yeah. It is high. It is high. But the the number that really hit me was that upon diagnosis, only thirty five percent of people continue the treatment. And I was asking him about this, like, why is that? Why, you know, if if it's such a life changing um, ailment, why would somebody stop the treatment? And he said, well, it's financial, because they don't have access to the education on alternate ways to to help themselves. And, you know, they don't have the the finances to fund the machine. And he was telling me that through our summit, being a free summit, he goes, you have no idea how many people you're able to affect with this and how important this is because there's a lot of people who are struggling financially. They can't, you know, there's limiting factors to a, a, a normal summit or a conference. You know, you've got flights, accommodations, a, a high ticket price. Um, you know, somebody who's you know struggling financially in California can't get their way over to New York to, to attend the summit that they absolutely have to have to save their life potentially. So he was just, you know, very emotional about the fact that we can give this info away for free. It's amazing. And, and you know, I think that right now, tying back to what's going on with people losing jobs and and business from their businesses, this free education, it's, it's an opportunity to be able to learn and grow and make use of the time so that you have additional skills on the other side of this. And it's amazing that you're able to provide all of this free education. I mean, how do you how do you make it work for, for you in the business? Well, that's a really good question. And our, we started off with the goal of being able to do this, so, you know, provide the free education. So what we do, we, it's a freemium model. So on one side, we provide free education that's funded by the option attendees have who are showing up to our summits to purchase an all-access pass. So the, we provide the summit for free while it's live. Mm-hmm. If somebody, you know, and we've got, you know, 18 to 20 odd speakers per summit. So if you are an attendee and you want to sort of view that at a later date or on your own time, you can purchase an all-access pass for an extremely reasonable price. And that's how we generate the, the, uh, the funds to actually fuel the passion of the free uh, free education side of it. That's fantastic. I yeah. mean, and what a great system because it just it opens it up to give everybody what they need. Yeah. And yeah, I love that. So um, I'm just getting you know, involved. I'm involved in one of your summits. I just did another virtual summit. So this is all fairly new to me. Mm-hmm. How did you? get into this whole, like, how did you learn about it? How did you decide to get involved in it? Yeah, that's a good question because, you know, prior to, uh, you know, uh, about a year ago, I didn't even really think about virtual summits as an option, but I, you know, you mentioned I uh, was a Forex trader in in the currency markets and have my uh, ActionFX um, training website to teach people how to trade. So trading is a very solitary uh, career. You know, you sit in your office, you sit in front of computers, look at charts and screens and read an awful lot, listen to news and, you know, it it can be, basically the way I describe it is if it's not super boring, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So, you, you know, you're sitting down and not really doing a lot. You're not talking to a lot of people for most of the day. So, you know, part of, part of my, uh, 
my summit or sorry my summit my my online course on trading is in, in the community and having communication through that was really fun but it was typically you know direct messages in in a chat group um, but I really wanted to connect with other people you know talking like we are now it's you get to learn much more you have a lot more connections and and reach and it's really just a lot of fun so I was fortunate enough to get interviewed by Ben Gothard on his Project Egg podcast. And we just, we really clicked and hit it off, kept in touch and became good friends. I was talking to him about possibly starting a podcast for that reason, to connect with more people and, you know, make, make some change in people's lives or at least, you know, hear about them and, you know, kind of on a selfish level, just uh, hear their story and maybe learn from it myself and in turn maybe uh, put it out there and other people could listen to it as well. So we started chatting about this and we thought, you know what, let's let's kind of do do this, but, you know, level it up a little bit. Let's get one one topic and then get a whole pile of people to, to speak about it. And then we can really focus on a whole ton of different points of view on that one subject and hence the virtual summit concept was born for us uh, other people have done virtual summits but more more often than not people do one virtual summit you know probably to around their product or service we wanted to change that and make our entire business model about a wide variety of education so that we can reach a ton of people and just get the word out there for basically any topic that somebody has interest in. And not only that, we kind of wanted to provide the other side of it as well. You know, the, the other side being the opportunity for to employ people. So we want people to be able to profit from this. So we have uh, a recruiter team and we provide them an opportunity to actually put on the summits as well. So we've built out a big training system and they can now work from home. And that's another kind of big part about it right now with the with what's going on in the world with COVID-19 um, people are wanting that remote um, and well something to, to to learn remotely as well as how to change their career to a remote working situation so we're, we're trying to work and provide both of those things well, it sounds like you're doing a fantastic job on this Thank now you. I, I am I'm all about you know, the mindset, I know how powerful it is to be able to consciously uh, think about your beliefs and, and what you're thinking, feeling, responding. And I, and I get the feeling from some of the things that you're saying that that's pretty important to you as well. So but what tell me a little bit more about your your process and mm -hmm. and what you think about the importance of mindset. For sure, for sure. Um, that's probably one of the biggest things that I've had to figure out, to be honest with you, the thinking too small, you know, mm. it, it, I always had a problem with thinking too small, like, you know, just for example, with, uh, with going into a mountain bike race, you know, with those, the guys at the bike shop saying, why not? Why not? I started, you know, for the longest time, I never asked myself, why not? Okay. You do a local event. Why not do a, a national event? Why not do a world event? But, I wasn't thinking like that. I was always thinking too small and, and same in business. You know, when I started, you mentioned my uh, commercial painting company. When I started that, I was, I actually, it was an accident that I started it, but that's a whole nother story that we don't have to get into today. <laughs> I called myself the accidental entrepreneur for that one. But, you know, I was thinking so small. I was thinking, okay, well, 
I can get paid to, to do this task, to do this job. Okay, that's great, and I can create my own income. But the more success I would have doing that, the more, or so the less time I would have and the busier I'd become. And I just wasn't thinking about things in a big enough manner. And, you know, I wanted to provide quality service for people. And until I started reaching out and going, okay, me working as one human being is not going to be able to reach and provide this quality service for enough people. And I tried to scale it. And that was, you know, a whole nother challenge because of thinking small for so long, I had to reprogram myself. And, you know, ongoing education, you know, listening to motivational speakers, reading tons of books on on whatever you're interested in, I think is a really good way to expand your mind and enable to yourself to think a lot bigger. And that's basically I've tried to with with Life Master Foundation, I've taken well both Ben and I have taken, I can't take credit for everything. He's an absolute yeah. beast when it comes to this stuff. We've taken little bits and pieces from everybody we've met and all the different jobs or careers or businesses we've owned and run and then assembled it all into Life Mastery Foundation and in a way that gives us the largest reach. We want, you know, we're, we're thinking huge. We're thinking globally in terms of providing an employment opportunity for people. We're thinking globally in terms of providing free education for people and it is just so exciting to, to finally put everything I've learned about thinking bigger into one project. And it's, uh, I don't know, I, I just get, get so excited about it. I could talk about it for days. <laughs> That's wonderful. And, you know, I, I love that because it's a shift. You're talking about a shift. And that's what I really like people to know is that just because you are somewhere in the midst of perhaps challenge or, you know, you're not necessarily where you want to be. You can make the shift. You have control over that. You can change how you think. And that's what you did. And you've expanded it. And now you're ready to take over the world, Kevin. <laughs> well, I don't know about take over. How about provide for? <laughs> okay. That does sound a little bit more comforting. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Now, you know, with my show being called From Fear to Fire, I do like to delve into, you know, the specific challenges that people have faced and how they overcame them so that the listeners can walk away with something that they might be able to use in their lives. So can you tell us about any hurdles that you've had either personally or in your entrepreneurial effort, anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. That uh, the hurdles, I honestly feel like <clears throat> if there was a brochure for having your own business or you know succeeding at anything, it they you know you, you get this picture in your mind of doing anything, and that that that'd be this brochure, and it's like selling you the vacation, right? It's like okay, <laughs> you're gonna set your own schedule, you're gonna you know earn what you you know put how much effort you put in is what you're going to get out of it. But they, this brochure never ends up showing the whole truth, right? They never, the, the brochure doesn't show that feeling of fear of walking away from a air quote, stable job or stable career or stepping out and literally feeling the weight of everything on your shoulders. Cause the buck stops at you when you walk out and, and, you know, 
take ownership of, let, let's say, your, your career or your business, it's a scary thing. And being able to look at that, feel those pressures, and move forward, I think, is, uh, is kind of the, the way to move forward, really. There's never going to be a smooth path. It's always going to be full of, you know, getting bumps and bruises. But, you know, you just have to keep going and push through it. So we have experienced a ton, you know, a ton of issues, a ton of problems right from the get-go. You know, it's, that's just the way it goes. We, we actually had to change our platform completely several times. Uh, we initially, when we first started LifeMaster Foundation, we were doing all the outreach ourselves. So Ben and I would sit there and actually send out hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of emails and messages to people trying to get them interested in us. And because we're really passionate about this, we were sending out apparently too many emails. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, okay. It's 100% not intentional. We were literally looking for specific people with specific interests and trying to get them on board to, you know, be part of our summit that we were putting on. Inadvertently, accidentally, we became spammers according to some email rules. <laughs> <laughs> but my gosh, this is a true passion project we are not out to annoy people excuse me <clears throat> but we had to yeah we had to end up uh, we, we realized that this was just not the way it was going to work because you know we wanted to build fast and and create this awesome uh, awesome platform and awesome events but reaching out to too many people with too much passion apparently <laughs> is not a good thing <laughs> you've got to be very very cautious and careful about how we go about it so we ended up changing you know from uh, the accidental spammer, we went from essentially a publisher to a platform. So we changed our approach to creating a platform where we could, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, get other people helping us reach new audiences and, and side, sidestep the issues that we were having. So by doing that, we kind of moved around an issue. Uh, we, we were actually ran into a trademarking issue initially as well. We uh, didn't look into our name thoroughly enough which was our own fault, you know. So yeah, we had to we ended up having to rebrand everything, redo the whole website, redo everything for yeah. these these little issues. And you know, I think it's all about taking ownership. The most successful people I've ever met and come in contact with take ownership of everything. And it's it's a really empowering way to think about something. So if something goes wrong in your world, whatever that may be, personal or professional, if you take ownership for that situation, you then can have uh, control of how you respond to it. You, you can't always control what happens to you, per se, or external forces uh, imposing themselves on you, but you can certainly re uh, control how you respond or react to it. And I think that's kind of, you know, realizing that is has been the way around and over any of the hurdles I've ever had to, to, to deal with. That's fantastic. I mean, I think that taking responsibility for yourself and, and even if, you know, at any point in time, people can usually come up with some external situation that caused a problem or, um, you know, they can blame, but there's, mm -hmm. there's no element of freedom to make change that way. The only way to be able to really be free to change is to own it. 
and to be able to know what you can do to make it better. And it sounds to me like the challenges, the hurdles that you faced, um, even though they may not have been enjoyable, <laughs> led to better systems, right? They led to better things. And I think that people underestimate the power of mistakes and failures to catapult your, your business to the next level, because what you learn from it is what what is so necessary to enable you to reach that bigger audience or, you know, make the system more effective. So I think I love what you're talking about, and especially taking responsibility. Yeah, That's a big one. For sure. And <clears throat> something else on that note, it's kind of interesting, you know, I uh, I used to know a person who managed a restaurant and they, they said that, you know, if a customer comes in to, or a guest comes into the restaurant and they have a perfect meal, the service is perfect, everything's perfect, they're going to walk away going, that was really great. But turning, if, if the server is able to, you know, turn a negative situation around, so say something happens that's, that's not ideal, but the server deals with it in a, in a way that impresses the guest. That guest is going to walk away feeling like they had an even better experience than if everything went smoothly. That's so it's, true. Yeah. It's really kind of interesting how, you know, having something that could be perceived as negative can actually be a lot more positive than something that was perfect all along. And that's, that's how we try to, you know, look at every situation, you know, try to turn those negatives into positives and, and move forward. And hopefully, like you were saying, become a little bit stronger or better from, from them. Yes. I love that. That's just keep moving forward and taking action, leading back to that, that quote that we spoke about in the beginning. Mm. Now I know that people, as they're listening to this, they're going to hear you and be like, well, Hey, how can I find out about this free education? How can I get involved in these summits? So I'd love for you to just take a moment and share how people can reach you, how they can find Life Mastery. Um, you can also share Action Effects if you like. So just tell people how they can get a hold of you. For sure, yeah. The best way to find us, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, is through our website. You can see all of our upcoming summits, and the, the website address is lifemastery.foundation. And I think you mentioned you'd put it in the show notes, which I yeah. very much appreciate. So, yeah, we're, we're going to be continuing to put on summits. And, you know, I kind of like doing that, you know, for completely selfish reasons. I love to learn, and I, I absolutely love all of our summits. And, and being able to view all this content that, that we're curating, it's, uh, you know, completely, you know, as a side note from it being a, an opportunity for people to get free education, I, I love it for completely selfish reasons as well. <laughs> hey, that's okay. That's how a lot of things start. And then yeah. end up turning into outward facing. So. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yes. if you can find us there, you can participate in the summits. Um, we also, if you scroll down on the page, we have, you can check out the uh, recruiter program as well, where, you know, that's the opportunity to actually participate in building the summits alongside of us. Yeah, and for those of you out there who are looking for new opportunities at this moment in time, that might be a really interesting opportunity to check out. So I will link that, like I had mentioned, in the show notes. That is awesome, and I can't believe it. We have come to the end of our time here. So do you, Kevin, have any parting words of wisdom, anything that you would like to make sure our listeners leave with today? For sure, for sure, absolutely. I really think finding your passion inside yourself is 
is, is key. And like I was mentioning, finding something that you really enjoy doing and then pouring yourself into it. Once you find that thing and pour a lot of energy into it and create that fire inside of yourself, you can then take that fire and direct it to everything in your life. So for example, for me, it was a sport, but creating that passion and that, that burning desire to succeed at that sport made me realize what, you know, what, what it felt like and taking that feeling and directing it at everything, directed at your relationships, directed at your career, direct it wherever you want, wherever you need a little extra uh, boost in your life. Just go for it. Really just move forward and push hard and, and, yeah, I'd also like to thank you very much for having me on the show. It's been a pleasure chatting with you, and uh, I really do love the show, too. Thank you, Kevin. And I love your your redirection of the passion and, once again, your fire analogies. <laughs> <laughs> um, so thank you so much. Your energy, your wisdom, totally appreciated here. And I look forward to chatting with you again soon. And listeners out there, if you enjoyed the show, make sure to share it with a friend and leave us a, a nice rating on there too. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. Take care.